0: Hello, and welcome to the First Baptist Hanford podcast. Our primary mission at FBH is to love God, love people, and serve the world. We hope that this weekly podcast will encourage you in your daily walk with Christ as we play for you our most recent sermon audio. Let's have a listen. Good morning, church. Sorry, that was awkward. I like started in applause and then backed off of it. My bad. My bad. Uh, uh, My name is Peter Anderson. I'm the senior pastor here at FBH. Man, we are so glad that you're, uh, that you're with us this morning. Uh, a couple things that I want to draw your attention to real quick before we, uh, dive into, to the word today. Um, one of the first things that I want to talk about is where we're going from here. So we are wrapping up kind of all of our summer series. We've done the Oikos thing last weekend. We talked about small groups this weekend. We're talking about service and next weekend we're launching into a brand new series. I think there's a slide for it, our title slide. Um, we are launching into, there might not be, nope, not that one. Um, Regardless, we're launching into that one, a brand new uh, series uh, called The Gospel of John. I know, super creative title that we did, um, but it's called I Am He, really. Um, And from next weekend all the way through Thanksgiving into December, we are going to be walking week by week through the Gospel of John. Uh, We have done uh, a whole lot of topical stuff. Really, since we walked through the book of Ecclesiastes, we've been topical kind of every single week and working through stuff. And not that it's not good, um, but we do want to land back into a book and walk all the way through that book. Now, the Gospel of John really does uh, take a whole lot of time to establish the divinity of Jesus and talks about how Jesus is God. And so we're gonna be focusing quite a bit on that. We're really excited uh, to do that. And that kicks off next week. So make sure that you, uh, you do not miss that. Uh, and the other thing that I wanted to talk about is, man, last week was really the culmination of about 13 months of work uh, for Pastor Jeff um, and the rest of our staff as well. But really, Jeff, for about the last 13 months, I've said, hey, uh, we're, we're pushing towards small groups, we're pushing towards small groups, and last weekend, church, y'all responded, which was so exciting, and so I wanted to share with you that we've officially launched 16 small groups for the first time, which is really, really exciting, yeah, and in those 16 groups, we had over 240 people sign up to be in groups at our church, that's incredibly, I mean that blew our expectations away. You know, We asked you guys to say if you were committed to being in a small group a few weeks before that, and only half of you responded that you were going to be in a small group. So we'll just plan on whatever half of you sign up for. We're going to double that number and plan on it from now on. Okay? Um, hey, real quick, before we dive in, can we get the house lights up all the way? Are they up all the way for us already? I don't know if they are. Okay, cool. Um, so. Uh, And then the last thing that I wanted to say is that next weekend, uh, uh, besides the Gospel of John and launching into that, we have a really exciting weekend planned for for everybody. Um, We have communion, which is our tradition. We take communion on the first weekend every month. But beyond that, we get the opportunity to celebrate six people in baptism next weekend as well. So you're not going to want to miss that. That's a whole lot of fun. it's going, to be a, uh, it's going to be a party here next weekend, so make sure you come and, uh, and enjoy it with us. Um, uh, I think that's everything I had to take care of. So uh, before we just continue into you know, victories and the good things that God is doing, uh, we need to spend some time digging into his word. Um, and so this morning, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. And so if you have your Bibles, whether physical or digital or whatever, go ahead and flip them to Philippians 2. We'll get there uh, in just a second. But one of the things that I want to talk through for a second is for a lot of us in here, Sunday mornings or our Wednesday nights, which is when we kind of do our kids program, youth program, we have a lot of small groups on Wednesday nights as well, uh, they kind of look like showing up maybe, dropping off your kids at a program, going to your small group or, or you go to church, uh, and then after that we, we leave. And that's expected, but I think there is a, a portion of us in here who don't recognize the cost that it takes, not financial costs, but, but the amount of volunteers it takes to do what it is that we do. Um, and so if you're feeling guilty right now, just wear it because it's going to feel like that for the rest of the service. Okay, um, But that being said, uh, we have a whole lot, a, a ton of programs that we offer, a ton of different things, a ton of opportunities to serve that, that we offer. And I want you to recognize, church, that we can't do it without you, and we don't do it without you. If this was simply a staff thing, that we said, all right, we're just going to hire everybody to do all of the things, it wouldn't be financially feasible. It wouldn't make any sense, and uh, there is no possible way that we, as a staff, have the diversity of gifts that you, as the church, have. And so because of that, we need to be able to lean on you, as the church, as volunteers, to be able to, to grow the kingdom of God. And so really that's where we're going this morning. And I'm not saying that everybody in here needs to be serving the church in some way. Okay. There's probably a group of people in here that based on stage of life, you're like, it's not feasible. You know, I think about maybe some of our senior adults, you're like, you know what, physically I can't do it. Okay. Think about young moms, young dads, you're like, physically I can't do it. (laughs) Okay. We get that. And so hear me this morning that as we're talking, as we're talking through the idea of service, that I'm not saying 100% of people are called to serve uh, the church at this period in your life. But what I am going to do my best to articulate is that as followers of Christ, it is our responsibility to serve the world in some way. Um, there's probably another group of you in here who, who maybe since you've been born, since you could walk you, you were standing at a front door greeting people somewhere, and your parents were like using you as a crutch because they were like, ah, I'm awkward with people. Here's a cute baby. Can you smile and wave, baby, to the people as they're walking in or whatever? And you've been serving ever since then, and you can't get enough of it because you're like, yep, that's the way I'm wired. I'm going to serve. And then still there's another group of us in here um, who maybe has served at one point and simply took a, a, a break for whatever reason, maybe it was a season of life type of thing that you recognize I need to take a break. I have too much on my plate right now. There's no way that I can, I can feasibly do this right now. And then you simply never step back in. And to those of you who, who are in that season, I would say this morning, I would say just weigh where you're at today as we talk about the idea of serving and specifically the idea of, uh, of serving the church. And then the last group of you in here, man, they're the ones who just put the church on their shoulders. And they say, you know what? I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is that we have to do. My goal is to be able to make Christ well-known. And so because of that, you let us know what it is you need us to do and we'll get it done for you. And to those people in here, I cannot thank you enough. Because this, all of this, everything that we do from small groups to kids ministry, to greeters, to ushers, to counters on Monday morning, all the things that you all don't even see This church functions because of volunteers like that. And to you, I want to say thank you. And church, would you please give them a round of applause because they deserve it. So all that to be said, I don't know where you are. I don't know which of those camps you fall into. I don't know where you serve. I don't know your life. Um, uh, And so really don't let this feel like a guilt trip this morning. I was joking earlier. Uh, but we as a church need to develop a greater culture of service so we can be more effective at serving the world. Uh, a survey was done, and in that survey, uh, they asked church attenders how much time they would be willing to, com- to commit to their church over the course of a week. So think about however many hours are in a week, and I'm not a math guy, so I don't know how many hours are in a week, but there, I do know there's seven days. And whatever seven times 24 is, is the answer you all are looking for. <laughs> so out of all the hours in the week, they said, okay, church, how many hours would you be willing to give to the church? And that survey came up with five hours, roughly five hours. Some people could get more based on stage of life. Some people could give, le- could give less. But regardless of that, they said about five hours. And so as we look at the things that we are offering here as a church and the things that we think will help you become a greater disciple, we kind, of, we kind of thought through that box. We're like, okay, five hours then. If our people are willing to give us five hours, what then can we ask them to do to become not only better disciples of Christ, but also to be able to share their faith in some way? So what, what things could we ask them to do? And so if you're sitting here this morning, you'll recognize that, hey, an hour and 15 minutes of your week was just eaten up by Sunday morning, hour 20 if I get preachy, right? immediately it's gone. And so that's completely off the table because there's no way that we're going to stop corporate worship until we are forced by someone to stop corporate worship. We're simply not going to do it. And so it's an hour and 20 minutes, uh, hour and 30, if you grabbed coffee and you got here a little bit early. Okay. And then next we say, okay, well, what else that leaves us about three and a half hours in? What other things? Well, last week, Peter, you asked us to join a small group. Mm -hmm. Yep, we did. And so that's between an hour and a half or about two hours, uh, depending on uh, how talkative your small group is. And so automatically we are out another hour and a half to two hours. So we're looking at maybe another hour and a half or two hours in your entire week that we would ask, hey, if you could jump on board somewhere else, if you could find a ministry somewhere else to be able to fill up that five hour box, that would be phenomenal. And that really is what this morning is getting at. Now, I could stand up here and just talk about vision and direction, and we need all of your help and that sort of thing, but that's just going to be from me. So we're going to dig into the text now, and we're going to talk about what Scripture really does have to say about the idea of humbling ourselves to service. So we're going to start in Philippians 2, and we're going to go 1 to 11. Therefore, okay. So <laughs> we have to stop there. Okay? Anytime you see the word therefore in the Bible, we have to go back and look at what it is therefore. Okay? And so it says, therefore, this is a call back to Philippians 1.27. It's bringing us back a previous chapter and a verse where, where Paul is encouraging the body of Christ to be united in Christ. It's, to, it's a call to the church in Philippi to resolve this quarreling that they have among them because there is a great good, that they need to tackle. So because we should be unified in Christ, it says this, so because you should, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being unified with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. See, Paul's desired ends here is that this church, this church in Philippi, would be like-minded. This church would be of one mind and of one spirit and of one purpose. That's Paul's hope for Philippi. He, Paul is hoping, hey, get beyond, and well, I'm going to jump the gun here, but, but to, be, to be laser-focused in one mind, in one spirit, in one direction, the direction that we're going. And we here at FBH, we want to be of one mind. In the same way, we want to be of one purpose. Our mission is to love God, it's to love people, and it's to serve the world. So everything that we do needs to flow out of those three things, those three categories. To love God, to love people, and to serve the world. So as a reminder, our ministries are continuing to work towards doing only five things. And we're asking all of our ministries to be able to do this. The first thing that we're asking our ministries to do is Oikos. We just did an entire series on Oikos. There's a reason we did an entire series on Oikos. Because we as a church need to recognize that there are people in our relational world who we can impact for the kingdom of God. If you're new here, Oikos is simply, it's a Greek term that means household. Now, you have people in your household, whether, whether physical or, or, you know, your workplace or whoever it may be, that you can impact for the kingdom of God. We're asking all of our ministries to implement the idea of oikos. The next thing that we do as a church is outreach events, outreach events. So outreach events is something that, uh, that we're going to actually be doing relatively soon. Uh, raise your hand if you've been to the, uh, the fall carnival before. Any fall carnival goers? Yeah, Okay, a couple of you, if you haven't been to our fall carnival before, this year's a great opportunity for, for you to come. It happens on Halloween. It's October 31st, a safe place. Man, we're breaking the whole thing this year. We get an opportunity to reinvent what the fall carnival looks like, um, and we are so excited for it. And it's an opportunity for us to be able to open our church, our campus, uh, for people who would never maybe step foot on our, on our campus otherwise to come and say, oh, this is what the church is about. The church is about serving the community. The church is about loving people. And hopefully that gives us an opportunity to then invite them in and hear about the love of Christ. So we do oikos, we do outreach events. Those are our two primary ways that, that we think evangelism should take place. Then the other, we have three other things and I already mentioned, them. we have Sunday mornings, which you're sitting here this morning. So congratulations, you did it. You're one fifth done, Sunday mornings, I know. Uh, you have small groups um, and it, like Jeff said, if you haven't signed up and jumped into a small group yet, you can hop online, fbhamford.org. You can do it there. You can do it this morning uh, with Pastor Jeff. And then the last one is service. Service. We have different opportunities for service. Even within that category, there's subcategories. There's, there's serve the world. So people like Kayla Pritchard, who we get an opportunity to send uh, to serve the world in some way. We have a whole bunch of people who, who we contribute to. A tenth of our overall budget for the year goes straight towards missions work. It's essentially our tide as a church. We give it, we immediately turn around and give it away to other organizations who are serving the world. We have served the world. We also have served the community. Right? And so immediately, Kings County, the community in which you find yourselves, we want to have opportunities to serve them in some way. We did Serve Day, and we're working on other opportunities uh, with our missions uh, our missions committee to be able to provide more opportunities and avenues to serve in the community. And then lastly, we have Serve the Church. And largely, that's what this morning is going to be about. All of these things will continue to help drive us forward as a church in in, in one mind, with one heart, on, on one mission. We need to be committed to those things. And the Philippians really are, are left in no doubt as to the apostles' desire for them, that they should share a common outlook, that as you are one in heart with other people, so you'll be one mind with them. And Paul, he, he continues as to the breakdown of this one heart that he keeps going back to, So if this is the problem that Paul is trying to remedy in the church in Philippi, the solution then is what follows. He reminds the church in verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but in each of you to the interests of the others. He tells them, hey, look, if you want to stop being petty, if you want to start being on one mission, if you really want to make a difference, if you want to be of one mind, if you want to do exactly what Christ has called you to do, here's how you do it. Stop being selfish. This isn't about you. It's about something bigger than you. Stop with the conceit, because it's not what you have accomplished. It's what Christ has accomplished. That's what Paul is talking to the Philippian church here about. So if that's true, we need to recognize that the church needs to value others above themselves. The church needs to value others above themselves. So instead of those things, be humble. It's our responsibility as a church to to be humble and value others as more important than us. Stop looking for your own interests. Think about the greater mission at hand. Look at the interests of other people. Look at what others need. Look at how the fields are ripe for harvest, but the laborers are few, is the way scripture says it. Look to what other people need. So he's telling the church in Philippi, turn away from your own ambition. Turn out to a world who as scripture tells us, we should be all things to all people. All things to all people. Now, some of you in here were really excited when I walked on the stage because I tucked my shirt in today. I know, I know. Some y'all didn't even notice, but others of you were like, "What? He tucked his shirt in today?" I tucked my shirt in today because yesterday I was a part of uh, celebrating the life of George Allen, and I tucked my shirt in there too. I even wore a tie. Nope, no, nope, no. Nope, don't get any ideas. Okay? But I even wore a tie yesterday, and I had numerous people come to me. I'm like, man, you look like a pastor today. I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> I think there's a way a pastor is supposed to look. But I recognized, and this isn't going to be an every week thing, so don't get used to this either, but I recognized, okay, there are people that me having my shirt untucked or me not wearing a tie all the time, people have an issue with that. Okay, how can I then be all things to all people, even from the stage? You know what? It won't kill me if I tuck my shirt in once in a while, right? So we as a church though, need to recognize that being outward focused, we need to be willing to be all things to all people because we need to value others above ourselves. That's what scripture is very, very clear about. Let's keep reading, verse five. And your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ who being in the very nature god did not un, did not consider equality with god something to be used to his own advantage rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness we can't camp here for a long church but but i can't go over this piece of scripture without calling attention to a theological truth that is happening here There is a a word, the word is kenosis. It should be up on the screen, kenosis. Uh, And that word essentially means the setting aside of divine attributes. This is a picture of Christ's humility to us. It actually comes from a Greek word that literally means to empty, to empty. Keep your finger at that note there because we're gonna come back to that in just a second. Verse eight. Look, you wanna be of one mind? You need to be in one in spirit. This is how committed in spirit you should be. This is how on mission, church, you should be. He's telling them this is above petty differences. This is above your own preferences. This is something that we as a church need to be committed to. Remember that Jesus guy? Paul is saying, remember that Jesus guy that, that we were all about, you guys were all about? And eventually I came to faith a little, like, like remember that guy? In, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as that guy. Let me remind you what that guy did. Who being God, Jesus being God, being equal with God, not lesser in stature, not lesser in form. Jesus, you know what? Jesus didn't even care about that. He didn't even, didn't even care about that. Jesus saw the greater things at hand that had nothing to do with his own desires. Jesus said, you know what? I am willing to empty myself. I'm willing to do that. And because of that, he decided to, he decided to temporarily set aside the divine attributes of God in order to become a servant. He temporarily empties himself of his God powers Theology would say the privileges of deity he temporarily emptied himself of in order to be a servant here. And then Paul tells us that he serves in such a way uh, that he's not just a servant on earth, but also is obedient, even obedient to death. You want to be the same mind? This is how much you should serve. This is how much you should humble yourself. You should be as humble as Jesus who had the highest stature that anybody could ever hope to attain. The highest stature. And willingly set aside the privileges of deity to be born in a barn. That's how humble, church, you should be. That's how humble, church, we should be willing to be. That's how humble Paul is talking about. That's how committed to serving other people we should committed to be. James Denny, he's a, uh, he's a theologian, okay? And, and he says this, when Paul thinks of the glory of Christ, he does not look back. He looks up. Men and women were saved, not by dwelling on the wonderful words and deeds of one who had lived some time ago and reviving these in their imagination, but by receiving the Almighty, emancipating, quickening spirit of one who lived and reigned forevermore. And so it must always be if Christianity is to be a living religion. So Paul is saying, don't look back, look up, look to the direction of Christ. So if that is true, we need to figure out how this entire idea of humility and being one in mind and mission plays into this morning and more importantly plays into our lives because the last thing we want is for us to be on stage and to say a bunch of things that the Bible says and not give you some sort of point of action when you leave this place. Because this place is an opportunity to learn, and it's an opportunity to take practical advice, biblical advice, and go apply it to your life where you see fit with the discernment of the Lord. And so what does it mean for us? Well, if if we're going to be instrumental in being part of kingdom growth, we cannot look back, we have to look up. We need to be able to look to Christ and his desire to humble himself, not serve those who sometimes to be to serve those who sometimes deserve to be served least. And we as a church need to continue to cultivate this culture of service. And I know some of you have been serving in your different contexts for years, like I said before, and I'm incredibly thankful for that. But I also know that there are many people in here who are maybe on the sidelines waiting for an invitation. Let me tell you, today's your invitation. As a church, we're experiencing some growing pains that we need to help alleviate in some way. Did you know in the last two weekends, not this weekend, but the last two weekends, we had over 20 first-time visitors, all, adults only, that doesn't even include their family? That's great, that's great, yeah. Give yourselves a round of applause, 20. And if you're one of them, hey, welcome back. We're so glad you have to have you. Make sure you got your mug on your way out. But we have 20, 20 brand new people coming in. And so because of that, we need to continue to bolster our guest services ministry. Because, man, we got new people coming in, and I don't know if you know it, but we got greeters who greet people at the door who are incredibly kind once they've had their cups of coffee. And if they recognize that, hey, it's a new couple, they'll walk them straight over to our guest services table where we have what we call hosts, and i will say, hey, we got a new, new family here. Would you be willing to show them where to go? And if they got kids, man, they're hiking all the way over here to kids check in, to make sure that they, they know where to go and helping them get their kids checked into their classrooms and they go back and they do it again. And so what does that mean? That means all of a sudden we've got a guest services table that needs a few more people at it because we're, we're doing 20 people a Sunday or 20 people in the last two weeks, which is great. But what does that mean? That means we need more people to be able to step up. And we have men and women whose entire job here. Their entire responsibility here, their their volunteer job is to feed people and make them feel welcomed. Did you know that? It's our hospitality and food ministry uh, that we have. Man, Wednesday nights, they serve a whole slew of people starting September 4th. A whole slew of people. And there's weekends or there's weeks that that man, they're short-handed. They need help cooking whatever miraculous thing that they're cooking to bring out of the kitchen that night. Beyond that, even things like uh, funerals that we had yesterday. And if your gift really is like hosting people, but your, your gift isn't cleaning your home, this is a great opportunity for you. Because you can come host here and not have to worry about picking up your junk. We'd love to have you. But that's their whole responsibility we have our senior adult ministries who man they're going on trips they do a a monthly thing that that requires people preparing food in there too right they have a whole slew of things that they do and so maybe you're like you know what i'm of the senior adult age group maybe that's a an opportunity i can i can serve in so we got we got sam that we have going on we got students a lot of people don't know this but our student ministries Actually, our student ministries, uh, they are doing the same thing that we are doing as a church. And I have asked Danny to start putting students into small groups. And so on Sunday nights for high school and Wednesday nights for junior high, they do like a big thing and they do like the irrational hype. They're like, oh yeah, crazy game. And they go in there and they're all sweaty and nasty. And then we have them talk about truth with and in small groups, which means we need bolstered leadership there because small groups requires requires more leadership. Maybe you're a person who loves technology, but you can't afford to get the latest things, and you just want to learn about more technology and different technology. Great. We have so many buttons in the back that I don't know what they do. Kyle would love people to be able to come and serve on our productions team. Or maybe you're someone who's, who's musically inclined. God bless you. I could, I, I, you will never see me singing microphoned on this stage. It'll never happen. I'll never, if I banged on a piano, y'all would leave, but maybe that's you, and you're like, I love playing music. Have a conversation with Kyle, because we would love to get you involved in that, and man, one of the, 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 my favorite things that happened last weekend, we had over 20 kids in our nursery alone. What? Yeah, amen to all of us who didn't have to serve there, because you even get like 15% of them crying and forget about it, right? Forget about it. And so that's a growing need that we have. We have babies who simply need to be held and sung over and prayed for, and they're learning how to do church. They're getting introduced to Jesus for the first time. And our kids' ministry is growing. Like I said, two weekends ago, we had over 80 kids birth through fifth grade in our kids' ministry while all of us were sitting in here learning, which is great. But man, there's a need there as well. We have ministries and we have opportunities to fit whoever you are, whatever it is that you enjoy doing, whatever it is that your gifts and your talents speak to. Maybe you enjoy teaching the word and you may be missed out on an opportunity to sign up to be a small group leader. Talk to Jeff, talk to Jeff and we'll get you on ramped in to that realm. Man, church, just imagine what it would look like if anyone in our church who called themselves a follower of Christ committed to giving the church five hours a week. Five hours a week. We wouldn't just have enough volunteers for us to be able to manage ministries. Church, we would have enough people to allow our ministries to thrive. We would have enough people so if if 3,000 people decided to descend on our building That made it sound really apocalyptic. If we had 3,000 people come to church, (laughs) that it wouldn't be something that broke us as a church. It would finally be an opportunity for us to serve in a way that we've been waiting to serve. It would allow us, church, to be able to flex that muscle and say, hey, I don't care if 5,000 people come through those doors. We are ready as a church to welcome those who are new or, or trying to figure out what faith looks like. And the last thing, and I'll end with this, Leaders do not come in specific shapes and sizes. Can I tell you that as a high school student, my favorite leader that I had was a man whose name was Charlie Brown. It's true. His name was Charlie Brown. He was completely bald and he was 70 years old. Absolute favorite one. You know why? Because that guy had way more wisdom than my 25-year-old youth pastor did. And so I got to sit with him. I got to talk with him. He answered questions for me that, that because of his life experience, not smarter, but more wisdom, because of his wisdom, I was able to grow further, faster. And he loved me. And I have a, a friend by the name of Paul Crosby. And I, I, when I was doing student ministries, I, just, I said, Paul, I think you'd be a great fit for students. He's like, I don't... I don't even like high school students. I was like, yeah, but I'm short and you're my friend, so come (laughs) help me out. And so he did. And man, four years later, I'm not even in charge of that ministry anymore. And that guy is still continuing to serve. And his response to me when I asked him, why are you still serving? I'm not there anymore. Our friendship has, like, like I'm still your friend, even if you stop serving now. I'm still your friend. And he said, I just want to be open to whatever God has for me. And so if there's a need, I'm gonna fill it. I'm like, man, that, that works for me. Keep, keep serving, bro, do what you're doing, man. Serving, people serving comes in all shapes and sizes. Maybe it's for some of you who have, uh, who have grandkids and you don't get an opportunity to be with your grandkids as often as you would like. Or maybe you haven't gotten your baby fix. So you're like, man, I, I need to hold a baby or my head's going to explode right now. I don't understand y'all, but I know you guys are out there. I'm married to one of them. <laughs> I would love it if we just had grandparents who are just willing to come and love on our kids. Or young moms and dads who maybe you want to get an opportunity to, to serve your kids and let your kids see that, hey, going to church isn't about coming and sitting Going to church is coming and figuring out what it is that you can help spur the church forward with. And so having young parents, even I know your stage of life is crazy, and you're like, you know what? I can't deal with kids one more day. I deal with them all week. Trust me, I get it. But to be able to step out of that and say, you know what? This is going to help spur the church forward. So because of that, I'm gonna step into it. So this morning, don't let your age, uh, your size, your stage of life, whatever it is, hinder you from that little tugging that you have on your heart saying, you know what, it's time for me to step back into the game or it's time for me to step into the game in the first place because Christ sacrificed way more than any of us ever will. He served us in a way way more than you will ever be able to serve somebody else. And church, if we wanna be of one mind, one mission, one heart, we need to be willing to step into that, to humble ourselves and think of ourselves less than others and serve the world. Let's pray. Father, we're, uh, we're thankful for your word this morning. We're thankful for the opportunity to serve. And God, I know that stage of life is crazy for all of us. Life doesn't slow down. It doesn't get easier. And it tends to get more complicated more than anything. And so, Father, I would just I would pray that even if people aren't signing up this morning, God, that they would go home and they would just pray about what it is that you would have for their lives. That we would be able to look at the things, um, the things that we maybe hold more dear than we should. Say, "Oh, my schedule's too busy." And Father, we would recognize that everybody has the same amount of time in a week. It's about where we are allotting our time. And so, pray, God, I pray that man our hearts would be heavy over the needs of our church. And maybe, maybe there's people in here, God, who's who's you know what their thing. Where I'm not, I don't serve the church. I'm not going to serve in the church. I serve in the community on a regular basis. Fantastic, Father. Thank you for them. Thank you for those people who are going outside of our church walls to make your name known on a regular basis and serving alongside other ministries. And God, maybe there, I, I mean, I know there's people in here who have gone and served the world. And that's their thing, and we're going to serve the world, but we know that is not the general population. God, I know there's people in here who have been waiting for an invitation, and Lord, I just pray that they would take it this morning. And God, beyond that, if there's people who have not yet said yes to you, Lord, I pray that they would recognize that Man, service isn't something that we ask people to do out of guilt or obligation. God, we do it because we recognize that your son did it for us, and it should be a natural outflow of who we are as followers of your son. And so, God, I pray for those people right now, if they have not yet said yes to Jesus, that that they would have an opportunity now with heads still bowed and eyes still closed that if you have not yet said yes to Jesus, here at FBH, we, play, we pray what we call the ABCs, that you can just follow along with me and say, A, hey, Father, I admit that I'm a sinner in need of a savior. And I know I mess up. I know I have the, the ongoing sins that I deal with on a regular basis. We all do. God, I pray that they would just admit that. B, that, and I believe, Father, that you sent your son that he emptied himself to be a servant to all of us, to die on a cross, to be obedient, obedient to death on a cross, but didn't stay there, Father, that he rose again so he could defeat death and we would be able to to be in perfect communion with you in eternity and then see, Father, I choose to follow you every single day. From the time I wake up, I will recognize that I am supposed to be on mission. I'm supposed to be on mission, Father, so I choose to follow. You. We love you, Lord, it's in Your Son's name. We pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the FBH podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this week's sermon. Music was by the band Broke for Free, and if you would like more information about our church, feel free to check out fbhanford.org. That's fbhanford.org. Thank you again, and we'll see you next week.